Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Did you hear that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just come up. Okay. All right. Cool, cool. Feeling good, Josh? Feeling pretty good. I shaved off my uh, four-week-old facial hair, so now I'm restarting the clock on that. Dude, your chin looks like a baby's ass. Okay, all right. <laughs> um, that's not what. That's not. What I wasn't. I wasn't fishing for that specific compliment. But yeah, all right. I'll, t- I'll take it. And you know what else is really special today, man? Mm. It's our tenth episode. It is our tenth episode, and it's been uh, quite a ride of ten episodes. Five. What was it? Five episodes in actually doing it at a table. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Five episodes doing it. Wait, has it been five episodes doing well, Zoom? Well, maybe. The last one we did was six. Audition is one. Oh, six before and then seven. Yeah. 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 And we, we, we surpassed where we thrived under in person. We also thriving underneath under a quarantine. Mm, so this yeah. is a mobile podcast, man. You got to do what you got to do. Mm-hmm. Um, today, man, you might, if you're watching this on YouTube, you might be seeing a third screen that is not up yet. Um, but, man, we have a really special guest on today. Um, his name is Evan Furlong. Not yet. Not don't show yourself yet. <laughs> Jeez. You, you can, you, you can mumble along though, Evan. If you want. All right. <laughs> okay. Um, you know what? I'm just going to go from the cuff on this one. He is a good friend of mine and we met together, uh, when we used to work at a company, a VFX, uh, stereo company. And he actually really inspired me to, um, pursue my own interests and pursue my own creative pursuits with this. You might know mm-hmm. him from open mics as he is a comedian, but you also might know him even more from his successful YouTube channel uh, called Goalie Gab, where he basically gives a commentary and in the net as he's a goalie while playing hockey. He has a, a great comedic spirit and also great rhythmic timing. And he's a gem to note too at the same time. Um, Josh, you also know him a few times too from, from your shows too, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, I think you mentioned, you mentioned, uh, Evan previously before, like when I just started doing some open mics and saying like you had a friend that you knew from, uh, from working together that was also doing, I think I did, I did one show <laughs> with Evan that, uh, that was like last November, but I, yeah. I, at that time, I don't think uh, we were actually properly introduced. Yep. But like we met a couple, like a little bit after at one of like watching a hockey game with uh, with you there. And oh stuff. yeah, against the Canucks and um, yeah yeah Canucks and Leafs that we always yeah, do before. Yeah yeah. So it's been uh, yeah, and I've seen him a couple times at, at your birthday and stuff like that. So yeah, uh, I think we yeah we just did that one show. I don't think we've done anything together since. Sweet. Um, without further ado, I want to bring up the talented. And amazingly creative, Evan Furlong, our first guest. Yay! Yay. 
Thank you guys. Oh, you're too nice. Oh man. Yeah, no, I, I remember the show that Josh was talking about. That was the show where um, it was one of those, uh, those fresh comedy shows and someone actually got their set cut short and thrown off the stage. Oh yeah. Yeah. That was, that was pretty awkward. Somebody definitely was trying to uh, do some uh, edgy material, but then it got a little too just shouting at, people in the audience it was the wrong crowd for it i think yeah yeah so so then he got he got like booed off pretty much yeah did that that was before your set right because it was before my set and it gave me like a nervous breakdown what about yeah how, how many people were, were were like where were you right after him uh, i was i was the last amateur comic to go up before on the, the, uh, the, on the, the night? pros went yeah so oh, i okay. had a while to wait around and just stew in that Right, right. Yeah, I was there. I think there were a couple more after that one guy, and then they had the intermission. Then when the intermission came back, I was maybe second up right. on that one. And yeah, that was that was the night I like fully bombed half my set. Like I started <laughs> off pretty well for two minutes with material that like I had done before, and then I tried two brand new material minutes and stuff like that and like you could see the difference between when i started and where i ended off it was definitely like that was definitely the the first bomb i i had uh yeah, do on stage yeah no that was an intense night and i remember because the guy who who did the the edgy material was like a, like a white dude like me and so after the intermission vong came up to me and he oh, said yeah look so i think the crowds kind of had it with straight white comedians but we only <laughs> have like five of the last six of the yeah. guys are straight white comedians so uh good luck <laughs> yeah and like thanks buddy to throw you to the wolves just good luck that's mm-hmm. it well what else could he do right wow like just try and make the best of a bad situation but thankfully i had brought out a lot of um mississauga moms from my neighborhood who were always looking to see me do stand up and so thankfully they were in my corner nothing better than the m nice. support bus man oh boy nothing beats it <laughs> Um, yeah, just one of our first questions that we have for you is, um, I mean, you already briefly touched upon it, but like, what was your path into comedy? Uh, so my path into comedy, I mean, everyone had always told me that I should do stand up comedy and I'm like, Oh, well, you know, I don't know if that's really my thing. Cause I'd never been like a passionate follower of stand up. I didn't really watch a whole lot of it or, or study it or, or mm-hmm. really ever try my hand at it. I was always super into TV and, and TV screenwriting and stuff like that. That's kind of what I did when I was at school at Ryerson. And that's kind of what I was trying to pursue yeah. uh, in my free time when I was making creative uh, endeavors. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I, I had the opportunity to sit in on a professional writer's room for a, uh, for a TV show that I, I met a guy through my improv class and he was like an actual like TV writer. And so he said, come to my room, like, you know, you can hang out, nice. absorb whatever you uh-huh. want. Yeah. Yeah. And so I did that for a few weeks and it was amazing, like a sick experience. I still like, that's still my goal to like get back to that. But when I yeah, was asking yeah. him, like, what's a good way to like get in there because there's not there's not ever going to be like a post on Indeed or LinkedIn saying looking for a comedy TV writer. It's just, it's not, it's not there. Yeah. 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 Uh, so he said that a really good way to do it is through stand up because that way mm-hmm. you can kind of force people to like see your writing and, yeah, and yeah. show that you're funny. And so I was like, well, yeah. you know, th- there you go. Right. And so I was uh-huh. stuck at that job that we were at and the hours weren't really yeah, suitable yeah. for, you know, having a creative outlet on the side. Right. So, right. Uh, um, I moved out of my parents' place. I got a job just as a Starbucks barista and uh-huh. quit 
quit the old place and just started hitting mics and, and, you know, took a couple of classes at second city and away we go. Yeah. And, and touching on that point though, like when did you realize that you could make people laugh and that you were, you know, legitimately funny? Right. Well, I mean, I think I knew I was a funny guy ever since I was like a little kid dancing at like my uncle's wedding or something like that. And just yeah. saying stuff mm-hmm. and having like grownups laugh at your jokes when you're uh-huh. like a kid, that's kind of like, whoa, that's kind of like, a big moment I think in, in your life is when you I think genuinely make an adult laugh as a child yeah. you can kind of be like oh wow like I can do this and I like it when I do this yeah 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 and so yeah well yeah just to further that point I definitely pursued that I was always trying to be the funny kid in high school and stuff like that and I think at right. one point I was just trying way too hard and people were kind of like <laughs> feeling bad for me be like oh god because I was like yeah I don't get scared of bombing sets because I bombed through all of high school. (laughs) Um, But I think I've always known that I could be funny and that I can make people laugh. And that's, it's just a pathological need. Yeah. 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 For me to do it. Oh my God, Josh. I just realized I forgot the key off question. Oh, the key off the question. Oh, right. Oh my God. The podcast question. The podcast question. Should we, um, well, we can ask it at the end. We can ask at, it at, at the very ask end. it at the at very the end, end, and we can yeah. just slot it in there, eh? Yeah, nice. yeah, yeah. Fix it in post. In <laughs> <laughs> post, <laughs> who do you take uh, us for, yeah. Conan O'Brien? <laughs> um, so, uh, on that note, though, like, who do you take as some of your inspiration, and who do you really look up to in the comedy game? Um, well, I mean, I, as I was mentioning before, I never really was like a student of the comedy game. I always kind of. Mm. I knew the big names, right? Like you get introduced as Jerry Seinfeld at such a young age. Like kids in my high school loved uh, Louis C.K. because uh, mm-hmm. he was so edgy, right? He was such an edge lord. And so when you're in yeah. high school and you just love all these, like he's saying all the bad stuff. Yeah, yeah. You, you love that. You love Dane Cook when he first came out. Um, but now I find a lot of my inspiration comes from guys in uh, the Toronto scene. Oh, cool. A lot yeah. of local comics mm-hmm. are people that I, I really feel inspired and motivate motivated by like a few names um you know obviously other than josh yang oh would be uh, (laughs) trying to butter up the host i see i see buddy you're a superstar (laughs) oh thank you Um, nice i love uh i love jennifer shung Mm. i think she's amazing uh i love bobby summers he's a good friend of mine but also just a really really funny comic yeah i I remember i remember uh doing a little a small show with him and i remember his i think his uh his style was very clean the writing was very clean and yeah. it was like it was very very quick very quick jokes and it uh, is yeah yeah he's such a good writer too and he can like i've seen him like go into like a room that's like completely dead and everybody's bombing and he'll still do well yeah, yeah. and i can't believe it and then the hosts get on stage after that and they're just like Who are you? <laughs> wow the guy gets booked just because of like he'll blow up a dead mic. It's amazing to watch. Bobby Summers. Okay. I'll, I'll that name. Check it out. He's got a, he's got like a little mini special out on, uh, on YouTube. Nice. Nice. Oh, yeah. nice. Cool. He spells Bobby with an I B O B B I. Oh, cool. Uh, so if you just type that and you'll probably find it. Nice. I performed on that show that he, uh, that he was doing. Nice. <laughs> Plugging myself. You, uh, there's no footage of me, but I was there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sorry. Where was it filmed? The Cameron house. Oh, cool. Yeah. Uh, okay. Was it so? Was he headlining, or was it? Um... Yeah, he was headlining. He basically like got the show together himself. He like promoted and oh, produced okay. it and everything like that, and was kind of I like, see. "Yes, this is for my web special." 
kind nice, of thing. Which cool. I'm like, yo, good idea, man. Like, do it yourself, you know? Yeah. If you've got yeah, a solid that, 10 minutes, like, just do it. That's, yeah, that definitely feels like that's the, um, that's kind of the new mode, new, new way of uh, putting, uh, like, comedy sets out there now like yeah not rely on say just having just for laughs or, or somebody like record it and then go through this entire process when you can just put it on youtube yourself and then see how well the content works on youtube mm-hmm. and just you know gain exposure that way exactly which is, uh, which is good but uh yeah. yeah it's crazy seeing the more experienced comics in the scene being like hey i'm showcasing for jfl and i'm like how did you even get to that point like did someone ask <laughs> yeah. you or do you just like put in an application yeah, i yeah, don't yeah. know how you even get to that point i've been doing this for a year now and I've, i still know so little about like the comedy world um in even in just like in general but like in toronto specifically i don't know yeah, where to go I don't- I don't know either. I feel like it, from what I just understand, it seems like if you've been doing it enough, like going to a, like getting to a professional level and doing enough mm-hmm. shows where you just either, you know, somebody who's a professional who knows the bookers for those, you know, JFL showcases. And then like somehow, as long as you get their contact information, like you can maybe email them or try to con- yeah. contact directly or something like that. But of yeah. course it feels like you definitely need some rep in that on the scene before you can you do something like that anyways yeah you kind of have to like you know chalk up a little bit of cred uh just yeah. scene by just being relentless at shows and doing any show you want like you can mm. and just being a good person i think probably goes a long way because a lot of these people have to like you as a person as well oh to, yeah to put you on their show and so there's a lot that goes into it i think but in the most in the most general sense i think it's just be present be good be funny that's, yeah yeah and eventually things will fall into place yeah it really is it really is dependent on like timing and then like who you know and then like sometimes it's, things are just outside of your control and you don't know mm-hmm. exactly if things will go through not go through so mm-hmm. yeah, there's definitely a, a, a lot of a certain amount of luck involved as well yeah um from what i can tell uh, but yeah, so uh, how you how you dealing with the whole uh, kind of coronavirus uh, quarantine? Oh man, well I'm I'm not doing any shows anymore. That's for sure. I yeah, mean, yeah. there exists a, like a few shows that are you know online and stuff like that. But for the most part, those feel like they're booked shows. They're shows that you can't just kind of sign up and go on mm-hmm. like they used right. to be. And so I don't think I've established my name enough to warrant having uh you know a spot on a lot of these shows that people are paying for to watch on on instagram or something or on zoom so yeah it's it's also it's also odd especially if like i think you're if you're newer to it it's just the the awkwardness of the medium of having to do a joke through you know through the the computer and then like screen yeah not really you know getting what the response is like you can't really get a a great like a authentic essentially yeah. reaction uh-huh. to it but like yeah, say goodbye uh, I know, to crowd work <laughs> yeah i know it's like i've i've definitely have been telling myself well now there's a lot of time maybe i can start writing like yeah you know more sitting down and writing more because i mm-hmm. guess that's a little bit more my process i know there's like a lot of comedians who are able to write on stage like how would you say like your writing process like how would you describe your writing process and and like how it's kind of been affected by, you know, now that we're all just indoors. Right. I mean, everyone's got a different writing process, I think. And so I don't have like, no one taught me how to write really. Mm -hmm. I just, 
whenever I think of something that I think is funny, whether it's through conversation or it's just like a, like a right before bed thought. Yeah. If I have the presence of mind to write it down, I've got a folder in my phone. I just write down just like the most basic present, like premise mm-hmm. that I could imagine. And I just stick it there. And then it just kind of percolates in the back of my mind. Nice. Um, if it's something I really like or something that just like a lot of different ideas come in at once, I'll just start writing those down. Like in addition to it, a lot yeah. of times I fine tune stuff and I work out the wording for my jokes in the shower. Yeah. I'll just be standing there and I'll just like fake a mic in my hand and just start going. Yeah. And I'll come out of that shower super pruny, like running, like, you know, naked through my apartment (laughs) trying to like write it all down. Yeah. I also, I also find myself um, when like memorizing sets or getting the timing down, like doing it in the shower where like I get in, if it's like a five minute or seven minute thing, like, and I've worked out the, the ordering and whatever, like if I go in, start to shower, I start the set and I run through it. Like if I'm able to end the shower at the end of the set or not, so I can like see if maybe that timing, time it out to like a 10 minute shower or like a seven minute shower, that kind of thing. Right. So, yeah, I mean, especially when you're just like, you're, you, you're doing something and your mind is kind of blank already. It's like just that process of running through it just as a, as a routine is I find is also pretty good yeah yeah and I'm no scientist but I like to think that it makes sense if I say this it makes sense the hot water on your head would that not (laughs) dilate the blood vessels around your brain and help stimulate like Mm. funny thoughts could that be interesting it's a thought man not too sure maybe maybe then if, if that's the case then comedians should be writing in the saunas and stuff Oh man, yeah, seriously. Just get get real hot. Do something to like expand those veins around the brain. Yeah, Dude, I swear brain Joe, Joe Rogan probably has a bit about that. Because all he ever talks about is hot yoga and saunas. <laughs> yeah, right. Have you ever done yoga and like taken a bunch of DMT and then you just yeah. think of the best joke ever? <laughs> yeah, dude, I do oh, it all man. the time. You should do it. <laughs> That's my really Joe bad Rogan. Joe Rogan impression. I like it though. I like it. Joe Rogan, but um, yeah. So, so then, in terms of like, I guess you're right. Do, would you say you're more um, like what t- kind of jokes do you like writing? Do you do you like being more observational? Do you like telling more story? Is it more storytelling, or how would you how would you describe uh, it that way? I think that I I'm, I'm a bit of a mix. I haven't really been able to nail down exactly what I am mm-hmm. as far as like a clear cut like observational guy or like a, an edgy right. guy or like a storyteller. I like to tell stories. Some of my jokes are definitely stories or they'll mm-hmm. have narrative infused in them. And some of them mm-hmm. are like observations. Like I have a joke that's like, you know, why does society love rescue animals so much? Yeah. And then I'll use like a story that's totally true to <laughs> kind of reinforce yeah. that and drive the point home. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but then I'll think of other jokes as well that are kind of just like one-liners about stuff um, mm-hmm. that, that also can be kind of dark and edgy because I like dark stuff. I don't consider myself like a dark person mm-hmm. or someone who thinks like natively, but for whatever reason, I get a real big kick out of uh, kind of getting a bit of a shock laugh out of people. Yeah. They'll say yeah. something like, I can't believe he said that. That's so ridiculous. But also, holy shit, it's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's that's what I find. I love that. Yeah, that's what I find is the best about like comedians like um, w- like Louis C.K. when he was you know doing at the kind of top of his game and everybody yeah. was like on board with his style was that he was able to take a really you know shocking premise or mm-hmm. like 
you know, put that idea out there in the audience and then manipulate that idea or your perspective of that idea into another point of view that then is like changes your perspective on it in a, in a funny, you know, uh, clever way. Yeah. And that's, that's definitely a style. Like, um, yeah, I, I think it's, it's hard. It's like one of the toughest things to do, mm-hmm. but I think like if you're able to do it, uh, it's, there's, there's, that's mm-hmm. like quality comedy. If you're able to, to get that out there, yeah. have you, um, have you like got felt like, uh, you got a few moments where you did a like kind of a darker edgier joke that you really liked and like you got a really good reaction out of it I mean honestly like earlier today yeah or maybe yesterday I got my dad who doesn't really like the dark stuff yeah dad, he likes and he loves Seinfeld I mean they're kind of dark but they're like not that dark mm-hmm. and I, I was I was remarking about the quarantine thing where I'm just like do you think hobos know what are going, like what's going on? Or are they just like, where'd everybody go? Yeah. And it, like my dad lost it for whatever reason. He just started <laughs> laughing and he yeah. couldn't stop. And then he's like, you can't say that. Like, you know, he's like, please don't like write that down. I'm like, oh, I'm writing it down. <laughs> Thanks dad. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 Oh, sorry. Lucas, go. Where no, no. Saying? I'm just wondering if they do have access to CP24, but I'm sure they do though. I, I'm not too sure. Sh- uh, oh, if they have access to CP2 and 24. Oh, okay. I thought you were mentioned, you were talking about the, like, uh, kind of the Canadian government thing where, like, they're, they're giving people <laughs> oh, money. Oh, the CRB. Yeah. Can I get yeah, my no, emergency no. response benefit? I need it to buy yeah. a better trash bag. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, not yeah. to rip on the homeless people. I was just, like, in the neighborhood. I was checking in yeah. on my local bums to see if they're still with us. And I mean, I think, but there. I think, that's I think those are the type of like um prompts where like you put an idea out there where it's mm-hmm. like it might it's like you I don't think a lot of people would think about that situation right now even though it is like actually a thing worth considering like well, like how are these homeless people going to be like exactly affected or taken care of in this situation like who's how's mm-hmm. that even like are they going to be an afterthought and then like you could take that idea was like do the homeless people even realize what going down break it down some more and then break it into like more of a observation of like how yeah. society Explore and stuff like that and heighten as they yeah. say yeah yeah like i i had a i had an idea similarly along like homeless homelessness whereas like i think homeless people are just they have to be inherently good because they do have the option of committing crimes right yeah. like you homeless people can just commit crimes if they want to and then get put in a better situation like they would get be put in in a jail in a like with a roof over the head and they get fed which would be inherently like if you initially think of it would be a better situation but like that's always an option like mm-hmm. a homeless person could always just commit a crime and that happened but they choose not to because they're inherently good i mean yeah that's fair that i mean i don't want to yeah i think about it sometimes like if yeah. i was a homeless person what would i want to do would i rather be out on the street where obviously mm-hmm. you're you're in danger it doesn't matter who you are like yeah you're like bad things can happen to you like you yeah. might get mugged by another homeless guy yeah well, apparently i've heard this there's there's they have turf wars oh, oh for sure. sure yeah it's like hey you're begging on my block get the hell out of yeah. here like yeah i've i've heard different like anecdotes and stories about like homeless people not wanting to receive like really good things like getting like a nice pair of boots or whatever out of fear that's another homeless person will mug them for the better like uh things that they they might have on them and that's 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 definitely like 
a really tough situation, but it, it then lends to like the thought process where, you know, like in the end, they like, there's, even though there is the option to like say, do something bad, like probably there's different cases and stuff, but like, that was an idea I had, it was, might be worth kind of delving into, you know, not, not from, not only from an empathetic, but from like an internal point of view, like how would you approach it yourself? Yeah. That kind of thing. But well, I yeah. love thinking about homeless people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So then like in terms of mm-hmm. your experiences on stage, have you had like one standout moment that was like really positive and then you had like one standout moment that was like really bad? <laughs> <laughs> Man, uh, <laughs> I think, I mean, every time I go on for an open mic, I feel like it could be a bad experience because yeah. <laughs> right. you're trying out stuff and you try and stay logical with yourself. Be like, look, it's just, mm. I'm in a room full of other comedians. It's late at night. They're not going to pay attention to me. I'm trying new material right. that I've never mm-hmm. tried before. If this bombs, like, don't feel bad about it. But then you end up doing it. It'll bomb. And you still kind of get off the stage being like, man, that sucks. Like, yeah, why am I doing this? But then it always gets like, you know, if you get onto a book show, you can like, you know, try and get as many of your friends to come out. But I always find book shows to be so rewarding mm-hmm. yeah. uh, that um, you can do really well. And, and that's such a big plus. I think my big standout moment for on a positive side yeah. was the one time that I did the amateur night at Absolute Comedy. Nice. Oh, cool. I was so nervous. Yeah I, yeah. I was just like, I could barely eat. I get there. I'm, I, I'm just like, I hope they have a bathroom kind of thing. Yeah. Cause I get there and there's like a hundred people in the room. I'm like, holy shit. This is probably like, proud of everything. Yeah. Like it's a they're amateur night. nights. Yeah. Those are, those are definitely good crowds in terms of size for sure. Yeah. They're insane. Right. So I'm there, I'm like there for like 10 minutes. I'm in the bathroom, just having crazy diarrhea, just all <laughs> nerves, which is actually like par for the course for me. Like before like big hockey games, when I was a nice. kid, I would be like, yeah. I gotta go use the water. <laughs> I would run off and do that. It's like sometimes you just, your body like responds in that way and you just can't, right. it, but you just got to do it. I had two friends show up. I promoted that show so hard because I'm like, this is a big show. I had yeah. two friends show up and um, it went really well. You know, nice. like all of that, nice. all those nerves and all that dread. Yeah. That it was, you know, I watched the, uh, one of my buddies filmed the set and I watched it back and I'm like, you can see that I'm nervous, but I'm getting laughs. And, and so yeah. that ended up being really rewarding. And then the guy who was like headlining the show, who was like a legitimate pro from like the States came yeah. up to me and he said, good shit. And they like props me. I'm like, yo, like, <laughs> not a big deal. Nice. Nice. I would say the standout negative moment, like if I had to pick one bad moment from, from my year of standup might mm. be um, <laughs> another book show that I, do, that I did. And there's nothing against the, the, the show itself. Like I'm not going to name names or anything like that, but it was like yeah. a show that was like a book show. I'd been to it before and it's like, you know, it doesn't really bring in that many people, even though it is mm-hmm. like an actual book show. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they don't pay you. They don't do anything like <laughs> nope. that. But like your name gets put on the flyer. You get to promote it to people. It's a free show, but like, you know, it kind of carries that, you know, a mm. uh, little bit of extra status that, you know, you, you have to be asked, you know, oh, you for sure. asked to, you know, get on the show kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I go there. Yeah. I had a bunch of people say that they were going to come and then every single one of them at the last second said, nope, sorry, can't make it. Sorry, couldn't get out of working time, blah, 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 all yeah. those stuff, right? Convenient yeah, yeah. problems. I'm sure oh, that happens. The exact same thing, right? Where you have for like sure. four or five people coming. And that's why I hate bringer shows because that happens all the goddamn time. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, I feel like that's that's just to a certain to a certain extent. Like, I I ended up having to like strategically plan which friends to ask to come to certain things. You know, like plan out your book shows because you don't want to constantly ask the same people to come out and see you over and over again. Yeah, and then if they're not able to make it like one time, and there's like harping on them because nobody wants to really be harped on to come out and see your your amateur comedy per se yeah so like i'm hearing the same jokes over and over again they're not yeah exactly that true yeah that too and it's like you just end up having to really strategize who you could you you can approach and even then you know everybody's busy most of these book shows are like on the weekdays and like nobody's able to really come out yeah it's like a wednesday uh, night at 7 30 like in yeah be like yeah sure like i'll try i'll I'll try it i'll try but it's like you know it's like it's it really is a thing where it's like somebody would really i feel like it it still feels like a thing where you have to kind of get out go out of your way to really actually go to these shows if if like you're bringing people because Mm -hmm. you know it's the end of the day everybody's working sometimes people just want to go home and like relax and stuff so yeah bring your shows it's tough to it's tough to get those uh brought yeah but, those uh, yeah getting people is probably the hardest part out of everything i've always said this to people is like the hardest part about being a comedian is not like people saying oh tell me a joke or it's not bombing a show <laughs> it's getting people to come to bring our shows <laughs> yeah organizing <laughs> people to come to see uh but yeah no so what happened uh, during that night with, uh, oh i bombed it was terrible there was like oh, seven just, people there they were all there yeah. to see like their one friend doing comedy for the first yeah. time uh, yeah, they yeah. laughed all at his jokes right yeah. and i found that every single other comedian completely ate shit and they would uh, only ever laugh at that com- like any comedian they would only ever get a laugh if they reacted to the audience's lack of reaction you know oh. they would tell the joke there would be nothing and they'd be like well what it wasn't good enough for you and then they would laugh Oh man, sympathy laps. That's, Ooh, that's yeah. interesting. Huh. Yeah, was that I guess at, if. Oh, no, or, go ahead. Go ahead. No, right. I was just thinking. Was that the show at Liberty Village Cafe? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah no, no, just wait. Just wonder. Just yeah, wonder. Was, wait, Lucas, were you, were you there? Wait, no, you, no, no, no. He couldn't make it, unfortunately. So Lucas was the culprit in that one. Lucas has seen me one time, I think. Mm. twice <laughs> what was the other time you saw me the one time at the spaghetti factory that i i bombed that one and then and then uh club whatever it was uh the first time i met vong there <gasps> oh um oh uh bar 120 bar yeah yeah there was a number in the yeah yeah, yeah that one. Uh, 120 diner 120 diner yeah i also okay. met your mom that night too oh way. wow <laughs> shout out <laughs> to aaron yeah (laughs) comes to a decent amount of my shows god bless her Uh oh man um i'm gonna skip the next two questions because i think we already touched upon that but um just right now we're in this quarantine time but Mm. outside of this uh pandemic really messing up your schedules and everything like what would be a normal day for you in terms of prepping for new content and creating content what would you be doing Okay, so like a regular day for me, like outside of the pandemic, at least when if things were going swimmingly, I usually yeah. would end up waking up like at like four or five something in the morning because uh, I work at Starbucks. And so oh, okay. we're opening real early. So I usually end up working a shift first mm-hmm. thing in the morning. Just get that out of the way. And then yeah. I would go back home. I'd be done maybe like anywhere between like, you know, nine to 1 p.m. Mm-hmm. And so... 
I think after that, you kind of, you settle in a little bit, you, you work over, depending on what shows are coming up, what you're planning on doing, you'll work on something like that. Like I usually, when I'm, when I'm constructing sets that I want to do, um, especially if it's like an open mic and I want to do new stuff, you try and sandwich it between stuff that you know is good. Yeah. Yeah. I found that's, and, and just through talking to other comedians too, they like doing a thing where they'll open with a joke that they know is good. And then they'll try some of the newer stuff and see how that goes. And then if it doesn't go well, it's, it's especially smart to kind of bring back a joke that you also know is, is you know, decently good mm-hmm. to yeah. end off like on a high note. But, um, you know, if I'm not doing that, I'll be working on my, uh, my YouTube channel, Goalie Gab. Uh, yeah. that's, I am not good at editing, so it right, takes me exactly. a while to uh, work on those in the meantime. And I try and keep that pretty scheduled. I try and release a, an episode every single Sunday at 8 a.m. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it forces me to, to work on it rather than nice. just kind of like shoot out videos whenever I feel like it. It's obviously yeah. a little bit different now in the pandemic, but I was on a roll uh, at the start of 2020 there. Yeah, no, it's definitely, it's it's pretty impressive. I'm looking at the your YouTube channel. You have like uh, 1.9 thousand, well, I was going to say million for a second. One point, I saw <laughs> we're, we're getting there. Like, well, yeah, 1.9 thousand uh, subscribers. You seem to be doing like pretty consistently like over 1K, 2K views. Like, can you, can you describe like uh, the basic premise for your, for your YouTube channel? Uh, so the entire YouTube channel, actually, I have to throw out the dude who, um, who got me into his writer's room. Nice. Uh, also a big part of, you know, the brain child, the brain trust that, that became what uh, Goalie Gab is today. Um, yeah. Because I was telling him about how, like, you know, what he was like, he was like, what are things that you like? I'm like, I like comedy. I like uh, being a goalie. Uh, He's like, what if, and the original idea was to like get a film crew. Like, you know, I went to school for media, so I have friends who can do audio and video and stuff like that. Yeah. Get a bunch of people to like film me playing hockey like, you know, just rent out some ice and like have like a game of shinny. And then after that, I just cut all the action shots up into like 30 second clips. I do voiceovers in post Mm. and then just post them onto Instagram. Mm. And I'm in like a couple of different Facebook groups that are like very goalie centric. And so I have access Uh. to like 25,000 plus goalies and goalie adjacents and Mm -hmm. goalie fans on social media. And so he's like, that's a great audience. Like you have like, there's an audience for any kind of stuff and there's not really there's goalie YouTubers, but none of them are like funny, I guess. Mm-hmm. And or the, their, their main goal of the channel isn't to be funny. They could be yeah. funny, but it's like, it's a byproduct. It's not the main goal of the channel. So I thought that that was a niche that had been untapped and what it ended up becoming um, on my own is just because of um, financial constraints and, and, you know, not wanting to have to do more than one of those filming things. Yeah. I thought it'd be a cool idea. Um, sometimes hockey teams will uh, mic up their goalies during yeah. like development camps and they'll get some funny little tidbits out of it. So I thought mm-hmm. if I could just mic myself up during one of my beer league games and I just say the things that I was already thinking mm-hmm. and then cut those up in the videos, that could have a, that could be funny. <laughs> yeah. And so I just started doing that. So it's basically like I'm improving a stand-up set almost while I'm playing hockey. Nice. All the commentary is like, is live. Like I'm not, adding anything in afterwards yeah yeah um, no that's started, good yeah i've started doing a q a in between the first and second period obviously that's done <laughs> afterwards <laughs> just whip out my phone this question comes from uh... <laughs> but it's been going really well um, yeah dude i had a couple of random shout outs just one of them was from a uh, 
a somewhat prominent goalie YouTuber, this guy named Vo Goalie, who's a guy who's based in Boston, mm-hmm. and he just made a video about like five goalie YouTubers to um to, like to watch out for, and he named. Nice. I had like maybe three hundred low three hundreds in subscriber count at that point, and that was maybe yeah. in, like November, mm-hmm. and like for whatever I was at a show at. Uh, at the social capital and I was just like checking my phone. I was just getting like a bunch of subscribers. I'm like, where's that coming from? And I found out like the next day that I was getting shouted out in this video. Oh, nice, and then another man. time I got kind of a bit of traction on hockey Reddit. Oh, it there it is. Yeah. Also gave me a big boost. And so those are the two big points of my career right now. I guess that has led me to the nearly 2000 subscribers and a fairly like nice. robust following, I suppose on yeah. um, hockey goalie YouTuber. That's good, man. Like yeah. that's that. I think that's that's really important as well in terms of like establishing what you know your core audience is, and then being able to connect with that core audience, and then knowing that that response like is is good to the content you're putting out there. Uh, yeah, no, that I think that's definitely like half the battle of like figuring out what is going to work or what isn't going to work, mm-hmm. and like the like I totally understand the the mic'd up. Uh, content and it seems like because a lot of especially with us you know you gotta you take an idea and then work with what you what you have or what's best available to you Mm -hmm. and in the end sometimes it really comes out better than you thought it would be like yeah the the mo like if you think about it the like breaking it down to just being mic'd up and maybe putting it like on a single shot like that might just be the simplest but it's most effective way as well of you know getting what you want out there so yeah, no, it's pretty, it's pretty good. It's, it looks pretty good and it's growing uh, pretty well. Do you have like, um, do you have any like kind of plans now that you realize, now that you see you have a, a decent subscriber base, do you, are you thinking of expanding to something else? Or, oh yeah. Or well, I mean, I'm definitely, for... yeah, I've got some ideas for, for yeah. like progressing the channel as far mm-hmm. as that's concerned. The pandemic's kind of thrown a wrench in that because, you know, I can't play hockey. Oh yeah. Noted. Yeah. Canceled, so <laughs> In the meantime, I've got some ideas for stuff that I can do. I just put out um, like a best of, a couple right. of best of episodes, oh, cool. mm-hmm. uh, which, you know, they kind of flopped. Like, I mean, like, you know, you're just showing people the stuff that you've already done before. Um, yeah. It's a sometimes good way for those, people who are new, I guess. Yeah, to, yeah. I mean, sometimes those are, those are pretty good, uh, especially mm-hmm. if you just string them along together. Like there's, there's, I feel like there's a bit of that social media, like quick hit. Like you get one, you get one good, you know, joke clip out there and then it just follows up by another one and another one and another one. Yeah, I think sometimes those cool. compilations do pretty well. Yeah. Uh, I think that's all, especially if like you aren't able to do any new content right now. Absolutely. Sure. And like, you know, it's, it was also interesting to go through all those older episodes and a lot of them are just kind of, they're kind of bad, you know, because yeah. was, a lot of it was just like me talking and I really had like, I had a few like visual cues along yeah, like yeah. The, the episodes, but now I just, I load them up with like visual and sound effects mm. to really like emphasize and uh, improve and enhance the, uh, mm-hmm. the viewing experience. Um, but those old ones were really, like really tough. Uh, but one of the big ideas that I have to, for the channel going forward is, um, <clears throat> I don't know if you guys have ever watched the NHL All-Star game. Like, I stopped, like, years ago because they kind yeah. of are boring. But um, yeah. one thing that they did do back in the day, during the games, they would have the goalies mic'd up, but they would have it in such a way that they could actually hear and communicate with the commentators. Oh, yeah. So you could oh, interview yeah, yeah. Carey Price while he's playing in the All-Star game. And uh-huh. so he'd be talking, he'd be like, oh, wait, hold on for a second. And then he would make a save. 
yeah. and then he would go back to like talking with them. And I thought that's the coolest yeah. thing ever. I would love to have like a guest come on to the show where they're just sitting in the stands, having uh, yeah. like a phone call, and so he's mic'd up, I'm mic'd up, we're talking while oh, I'm playing cool. the game. Yeah, that's that's solid. That's I think that's a solid, especially. And then if you're able to get like a another comedian on there to to yeah, do absolutely. it, like you can make jokes and stuff around mm-hmm. that. Yeah, so I'm I'm building cool, context cool. not only in the hockey world but in the comedy world, and so I want to like yeah. you know mix and match a little bit there. Get some comedians, get some other goalies. Like if I'm lucky, one of these days I could get like a big name in like the hockey world or the comedy world to like come on and do it. That, but, you know, that's true. That's pie in the sky, right? <laughs> true, <laughs> true. You could totally. You could totally do that. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, that's solid. That's a solid idea. Thank you. Um, do, you. Do you have like a specific moment that like out of all of the games that you did and the, you know, the different shots and the, the quips you throw out there, did you have one that's like your favorite? Well, there's one, there's one quip that I threw out there. Like, cause a lot of times, like, you know, when you're trying to like be physically active and engaging in a game, but at the same time, you're trying to like say something funny. Yeah. yeah. Uh, things get a little jumbled up. And so, I was meant to say something about how a guy like applied too much heat or something came in too hot and yeah. those two phrases kind of smashed <laughs> each other. And yeah. I ended up saying, uh, oh. oh, did it? Oh. oh no, you lost it. Uh, you lost it. You lost the samp. I said, I said too hot. It was too heat actually. Too heat. Too hot. It was too heat. <laughs> it was too heat. Oh, so you just yelled at you just yelled at him at, at the uh, swerve. Two heat, it's like two heat, two heat, two, two, two heat. Two oh, heat. Oh, so I got it. I said two heat. Yeah, that actually, <laughs> actually sounds more like me. Actually, <laughs> I know. Uh, <laughs> I said two heat, and I kind of made a joke about it, and then I started bringing it back, just kind of like as a joke hashtag. But it caught on a little bit, and I would actually see it on like other goaltending YouTubers' videos. Yeah. Like people would comment two heat on stuff and i'm that's like yo funny. that's sick so that's something that that's caught on a little bit you know and i try and i've, I've i haven't been saying it as much recently uh but yeah. like you know when i can i'll try and do that and i have an idea for like if i ever did like a merch design i would want to get two heat on there and stuff yo that's what you got to do it's all about the merchandise yeah, you man, gotta market it good yeah sorry just one more time for the listeners though two heat yeah, baby. Nice. Oh, um, man. So previously, before all of this, Evan the comedian, Evan the goalie guy, creator and everything like that, you were at a VFX company beforehand. Um, mm-hmm. Was there, like, it, it is a pretty big point for you to, you know, it was a better paying job and everything like that. And stability-wise, it was all there too. But what really made you want to do that switch to go from, Mm. a well-paying stable position to to the uh instability of going into comedy well i mean i don't want to you don't want to talk bad about your old job but a lot of it had to do with just the way that it took over my life you know Mm -hmm. and i liked that i was working sort of like in the field that i had studied right you know you go to school for media you want to work in media Mm -hmm. especially when so many of the people in my program ended up going in a different direction uh Mm. whether or not because they couldn't find work there because they weren't passionate about it. But, you know, when you're working there, um, just these long hours and, you know, it's like the the actual content, I'm not a big VFX guy. Like I'm not really huge into it. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, and it it ended up becoming a little bit more different than I thought it was going to be once I got there. It's a lot of Excel. It's a lot of just kind of 
running the same kind of programs over and over and over again. It's, it's pretty tedious. And then when you're getting into those crunch times, you're working like 10, 12 plus hours a day. I hear you, bro. There'd be like, I mean, I was like, when I was working with Lucas, I was a lowly PA. So I would always be the first one sent home. It'd be like nine or 10 PM. They'd be like, okay, Evan, you can go. I'm like, see you later suckers. And Lucas (laughs) is like looking at me. He's like clawing at me, like take me with you. Yeah. 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 And so, you know, you know you're not passionate about it. It's taking up time. So, you know, I had to stop taking the improv classes that I was taking, which was a shame because that was really good for me, I thought. Mm-hmm, right. uh, I had to miss the odd hockey game, which at the time I was just playing it for pleasure and, and, you know, physical exercise. And, you know, there's a few other things, you know, with, with, with stuff that was going on. <laughs> Developing feelings for a coworker. Um, Ooh. Oh, just makes you oh want to get out of there. Just makes you want to get Lucas, out of there. Lucas, do you know about this? Did you I, know I about do, this? but she also doesn't listen to this thing, so. I don't know if you know. I don't know that. Time to dish. Time to dish. Uh, no, I don't want to um... name names. But she was just a, someone who was on the team with me and yeah, Lucas. Yeah. I mean, Lucas and I. <laughs> and I never said anything, but I bet you she kind of got the vibe eventually, right? Mm. She probably did. I don't know. I'm always, not very good at hiding my feelings. <laughs> always, always good to take that, bottle it up, and then write it out. Write yeah. it out into like a script or a, or like a character. Or a sappy yeah, journal post. I should yeah, have written yeah, a blog. Yeah. That uh, was your master of none moment right there. That was pretty much it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it didn't end up working out, which is fine. I'm totally over it. But, you know, mm-hmm. there, there was a contributing factor, I think, for me wanting to get out of there. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I had had this passion. I wanted to do it. And I didn't see any other way to like do it other than just jumping right in. Mm. And I had the support of my parents when I told them that this was something I wanted to do. So I'm just like, all right, I'm just going to, pardon my French, I'm just going to fucking do it. Yeah. I know. Swearing on a podcast. Wow. Sometimes is, uh, sometimes, well, I mean, we've already, Lucas and I have already established a consistent swearing throughout here. So we're, we're good. We're good. We're all Fucking A. Fucking right. There you go. Fuck. Um, <laughs> yeah, my parents are gonna watch this. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, shout out to oh, uh, Bill and Aaron. Then oh. shout out Bill and Aaron to the best. Shout Thank out. you for supporting my dreams. This is what it comes down to. I get yeah. asked on podcasts now, <laughs> which oh, is the that's... dream. That's that's my that's my Facebook bio. Is I will appear on your podcast. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like I feel like right now. Yeah, in terms of the amateur com- comedian uh, community, it's a lot of everybody does. It's like it feels like everybody does have to put out a podcast themselves to try oh, yeah. and. Uh, you know, gain some traction, gain an audience, and then everybody goes on each other's podcast to try yeah, and yeah. Yeah, cross, you gotta cross-pollinate. Get as many streams as possible, right? You know, millionaires yeah. are always saying have multiple streams of income. It's the same thing with comedy. Have multiple streams of funny. You know, you can't just yeah. do open mics and, and stand-up shows. You gotta be, you know, a writer. You gotta have a YouTube channel. You gotta have a podcast. You gotta do all kinds of shit. It's crazy. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Gotta put it out there. Yeah. Finally, the, the, the last question that I do have for you, because I, I don't want to talk too much about the, the former, because, you know, right now, this is about Evan, the creator right now. Oh, mm-hmm. the creator, Evan, the creator. I just realized that. I've, Evan, Evan Almighty, Evan, the creator. <laughs> Evan, the creator is written down somewhere in the Rogers Community, uh, Communication Center at Ryerson. By you? I wrote it, yeah, with paint oh. on a wall in a, oh, really? like, a, like a props room. <laughs> That's I wrote Evan, the creator. creator. Yeah. <laughs> Um, more of a, since you're a year into this game right now, mm-hmm. um, you've had experiences good and bad and everything like that. And it helped you grow as a person and everything like that. Um, would you have any advice for anyone who may want to go into comedy? Um, 
don't be a pussy. No, I mean, <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I'm, well, there's that. But you know what? I think that it's important that you don't get discouraged right away because yeah. there are going to be times where you're leaving a show, like, because no one knows you, right? And it's yeah. like it's like any other workplace, right? It's like people will say that it's you know, it's different, right? And it is different in a lot of ways. But you still have to network. You still have to like meet people and like yeah. mm-hmm. build those relationships in a professional sense. And so yeah. the first few shows that I've done. I was like, you know, you wait until like one in the morning. It's crazy. You know, it was like, I thought I was like ninth on the list, but you just get bumped down because mm. people will put their friends, they'll put pros, they'll put like, you know, for me, they'll put more diverse people ahead of me and you just <laughs> have to fucking eat it. You have to, you have to deal with it. And yeah. it's hard at first, you know, you leave, you feel like garbage, right? Be like, why did I, that happen? Why did I end up not going on? you wait around for like four or five hours, your ass is sore to do five minutes to four people. You bomb <laughs> and you go home. It's like, what just happened? Yeah. And it's important to not get discouraged. I think if you believe in yourself and I think if you are funny and you are gracious and you are just, you know, you're a good sport about that kind of stuff, you will mm-hmm. eventually start seeing some success. You'll start making friends in the scene and then they'll have shows and then they'll put yeah. you on their shows. Are you like, you know, they're hosting an open mic and they won't bump you down to like second last on the bill and you'll get mm-hmm. to move up and you'll start to see those improvements happening. Yeah. And it's the same thing with YouTube too, right? I mean, you put out those first few videos, it's going to be to resounding silence. Oh yeah. And, you know, <laughs> YouTube algorithm works yeah. in weird ways. <laughs> yeah. And so yeah. it's, but it's about being consistent. You know, you consistently yeah. go to shows, you consistently put out episodes and you know, the algorithm will eventually like the, the algorithm on YouTube or the algorithm of life, you know, it just starts working in your favor. People, who work hard and are consistently working hard and putting out good content yeah. will be rewarded for it. And so it's all about consistency Love and it's that, about yeah. taking it in stride and not getting too down on yourself. Absolutely. I mean, like I, I know you've done it in, you've started doing it for about a year now. Yeah. Um, I think I remember hearing like one of your goals was to try and um, get an agent, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. How how was that process for you? Has it like um, where where are you at in that process? Where am I at in that? I'm I've fallen a little bit behind on that just because mm-hmm. I think Goalie Gab started seeing some success and oh, yeah. this pandemic thing started started happening, and so I ended up falling a bit on the back burner. But what I do have is like all my materials put together for a, yeah. a sizzle reel, like or a demo reel that you can send to agents. I've nice. got a list of recommendations from people, including Lucas of agencies and specific agents, yeah. um, you know, you just kind of ask around, you know, if you have an actor friend, you ask them, if you have a friend who has an actor friend, you ask them if you can meet them, you know, just have right. these meetings with people, buy them drinks. And then you learn. Oh yeah. And then, you know, so, I mean, I'm, I've, I've, I've kind of dropped the ball on it, but there's so much going on right now. I think oh, that this is going to yeah, be, okay. and, and you know what, there's always going to be agents. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't know how much longer I'm going to look beautiful, but <laughs> keep the keep the handlebar mustache i have a strong feeling that'll help you uh yeah i'm looking strong for the uh, feeling is boom <laughs> time get on the, uh, the the sons of anarchy uh tribute series yeah so, yeah oh man well i mean that's that's whole i mean that's all part of the you know trying to make it try to making it and like mm-hmm. you know we we made this podcast to try and also document our our road our journey throughout it Mm-hmm. Of course, it's all same thing. You know, we've we've hit a bit of a standstill right now with everything going on. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, we do always do ask that question because when it comes down to it, everybody has their own perspective on making it. So we 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 always like to ask. We so far we've only asked ourselves this, Lucas and <laughs> yeah, I. But you're consistently. the you're the first you're the first person who we're gonna ask this outside of our 
outside of just the two of us, but um, <laughs> Evan, have you made it yet? Absolutely not. All right. All right. Have you guys made it? Nope. Nope. But what we're looking for is eventually hundreds of episodes down. Maybe one of us will say, I feel like it feels like like it feels like we're making it a little bit. But um, recording the podcast from the Hollywood Hills, you know, I think I might. (laughs) Uh, Maybe, maybe. But um, but either way, it's like, you know, for obviously for us at this stage, it's going to be no. But yeah. I think what, what is interesting would be to, to get your opinion on like what you, at this stage, like what do you think, what is your goal for making it? Like what would you say, what's the, what's the pinnacle of like you, you feel like you've reached this, you've done this, you can say confidently to yourself you've made it. Right. And you know what? I've actually given this a lot of thought ever since you guys started putting out these episodes. I've, yeah. I follow oh, you. Cool. I've been watching. Yeah. Aww, Great thanks. stuff, guys. Um, so I, I think about it now. Like, what would making it be for me? Because there's people out there who are, you know, they're career stand-up comics, but they're not. Yeah. They make enough money to, like, survive. They by no means live lavishly or anything like that. But those people are happy because they're doing what they want to do and they're getting paid mm. for it. They don't have to do anything else. Mm-hmm. And so is that making it? If I end up in that space, does that mean I've made it? Or do I have to be like, you know, in movies and TV shows and getting asked to be on like talk late night talk shows and, and doing, right. you know, getting to be, you know, invited to fun parties after the, uh, the Emmys or something like that. Oh mm-hmm. man. Yeah. I mean, that's really making it, but if, if, if that doesn't, if that's not in the cards for me, if comedy mm-hmm. in general is not in the cards for me, I don't know. Like, what is making it? I think if I'm someone who is looked at as someone who can make someone's day better, Aww. then then I think I've made it, right? And if that's if, if I want that to be, you know, widely known, I don't want that to be like, well, my mom thinks that. I mean, she already does think that. Right, so right. If I could gain the recognition of, I don't want, I don't want to put a number on it, but if you want, you know, to be noticed and known as someone who can just make someone's day better, then for me, that's, that's making it, you know, Mm. whether or not that's everyone in the world, or if that's just everyone in Toronto or everyone in Ontario, like whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I won't, I don't know if I'll know until I'm there. Yeah. Oh yeah. I feel like, I feel like even, sometimes when you see a lot of the history or interviews with different artists like some huge artists even even if they were to say is like their driving force is you know they got a number one hit or they got a number one in box office but like they mm-hmm. like in terms of whether or not they feel like they've made it like i feel like that goal post always moves a little bit because once you get there you never really realize if that's yeah. really what it is or what it isn't you yeah, know i mean like fair. i mean even right now i feel like just looking at say like the YouTube channel, right? Like you're, you've like, if you're going off of maybe your idea of like, if I can make somebody's, you know, day a bit better or just like it's known among, I mean, amongst like your goalie community, you know, the whole, the two heat, you know, that's, that's already just like a joke that seems to have caught on and that's already making people in that community, you know, enjoy your content. So every time Mm -hmm. you put something out there, it's, it's like, making it in in that environment and stuff like that so yeah i guess that's where like ambition comes in too right because like i'm i couldn't have expected you know one year into it to have you know even the modest success that i'm having you know the channel's making like a little bit of money like i got monetized uh, nice yeah thank you uh, a few months ago 
<laughs> at, or like a month or two ago, it got monetized. Yeah. I made like $60 off of it. Ooh, nice. It like, uh, is it like $60 like in total in a month or? Uh, yeah, like I think I got monetized like right at the start of March. And so it's oh. been, I've just been tracking oh, okay. how much I've made since then. And it's based off of like per thousand views. And so since yeah, cool. each video only gets right now on average one to 2000 views, I'm making like five to $8 per video. Nice. Which is, yeah, it's fine. Obviously I want to do more. It's pushing yeah. me to do better and to, and to get bigger. Yeah. Because you know, for me, like when I first started, man, if I could get a thousand subscribers, you know, that's making it. And now that I've got the 1000 subscribers, Oh, if I could just get monetized, I would be making it. Now I've monetized. Yeah. It's like, I want to, like if this, if this pandemic wasn't kind of throwing a wrench and everything, like, I, and maybe mm. this is still the goal. I want to get to like 10,000 subscribers by the end of the year and see right. if, yeah. I, because it just starts building. Right. Uh-huh. For sure. That's that. No, I mean, like it definitely feels like it could be, I mean, the goalie community, I think just in and of itself is, I, I imagine just the goalie position on a hockey team, you know, is, is, is like the people who are goalies is such a unique mindset, unique, position to the rest of the team we're unique people yeah that like you almost only understand each other and it's like if you're within that community just you know you get each other on a different level than people who are not goalies or or whatnot so i think that's that's a very interesting market to tap into and then Mm -hmm. like you know as it expands yeah stuff like that i think that definitely has a good and it's got it's got some crossover appeal too because goalies do carry that air of weirdness about them and that you know if you've played competitive yeah. team mm-hmm. sports you've always known a goalie because you've had one on your team so even if you aren't yourself a goalie you can at least relate to being like oh you're right. just like my goalie i've had people from like the uk be yeah. like i don't even play hockey i play soccer i swear to god all goalies are the same <laughs> nice it's true uh, that though, is, luongo, yeah, that's interesting yeah luongo is such a weird guy man oh man i love bobby lou he's one of my faves He's got, he's, he's definitely the, I think he's definitely one of the best hockey uh, Twitters out oh, there. Yeah. Like he's, oh, for sure. He, he, you know, killed a Twitter game. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Him and he's Paul Bissonnette are just like yeah. one, two, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man. I still remember when it was like, when people were still confused if Strombone one was exactly him. Yeah, that was yeah, that thing yeah. too. He had anonymity. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was that was so weird. Like people would go up to him, like in uh, in after game interviews or whatever, post interviews, and they'd be asking him, "Like, are you Strombone one?" And he's like, "Oh, I'm not. I don't. I don't know." It's like he would uh, never confirm right. it. And mm-hmm. then just still for a long period of time, people would think he's like the things he was tweeting was so on the dot, so like behind the scenes. Yeah. In, in like it's under you know, in its subtext that it's like, yeah. it must be him or it's, it's like, who it's, is this person? Yeah, so clearly him, but he would never admit it. Or never he... admit it. Yeah. That's so yeah. great. He's the best. Um, Evan, since we are almost at an hour's time, uh, oh, we wow. should wrap this up soon. Do you, what are your handles and what would you want to plug? Ah, uh, yes. So, um, both of my Instagrams, uh, just my personal Instagram, which I kind of use for my comedy, um, mm-hmm. is just my name, Evan Furlong. Um, it's public. Uh, and then there's Goalie Gab on Instagram, would be goalie underscore gab. Mm-hmm. On TikTok, it's just goalie gab. Oh, cool. Yeah, I've got nice. in the TikTok yeah. game. You gotta, yeah, You got to get in there. That's the next You got to get in there. It's, I'm posting the same clips, but um, 
<laughs> that's what you got to do. You got to put it like if you already got them, if you got the content there ready to go, then yeah, put them exactly. Put them right you just there. drop them in there too. And then obviously the main thing is on YouTube, check out Goalie Gab on YouTube. All you have to do is just type in Goalie Gab and you'll probably get me. There's also like, uh, like a 12 year old kid from Quebec who's like a triple A <laughs> goalie. He's so much better than me. Yeah, yeah. They, but like, I think it just because in France, uh, in, in Quebec, like, you know, Gabriel is actually pronounced Gabriel. And so oh, it's, yeah. instead of Gabe, they would be Gab. Uh, and so okay, yeah. he's, and I guess because they also mix words up, instead of Gab the goalie, it's goalie Gab. And so there's a goalie Gab, <laughs> but he's like mm. a, a 13-year-old kid who plays AAA in Quebec, and he's sick. Wow. Uh, and he's got way more subscribers than me. Don't click on him. He's, he's a hack. He doesn't, <laughs> he doesn't say a damn word during his videos. That's funny. <laughs> Check oh, me out, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool logo. Awesome. Cool, cool. We'll have, we'll, uh, everything. Yeah. In the in the description, absolutely. Of the video. Yes, we'll be sure to get that. Thank you right. so much for uh, for for having me on, guys. This was a blast. Love yeah, it. no, thanks thanks for being our first guest and you yeah. know giving us a, a different perspective on you know a, another area of like content creation, comedy. You know, mm -hmm. definitely from a from absolutely. a goalie. Like, I don't think I know anybody who's who's really you know playing in beer league or anything like that. So it's always good yeah. to get different perspectives and stuff like that absolutely so. yeah comedy cool, cool. found anywhere you just have to go look for it or yep. put it there yourself <laughs> yeah exactly awesome. all right you want cool. to throw out your handles josh uh well for me it's uh at josh and comedy across twitter instagram um facebook and then lucas uh you can find me at lucas john ing on instagram and on facebook i only have those two social media platforms uh cool, cool. yeah yeah what's that what we were doing oh we it's doing? Fist bump? Oh, yeah. uh, i think what he's doing is like that this whole episode was two heat yeah there you got go. it to work go. that's awesome two heat two heat <laughs> yeah Amazing. don't also don't forget then you know therefore because this episode is two heat don't forget to uh subscribe to our youtube channel as well have we made it yet podcast uh as well as the instagram and facebook hwmiy podcast have we made it yet podcast um and then go from there yeah we'll probably try to get some more uh you know people on the show in terms of uh, kind of guest interviews moving forward and so keep keep that going consistently but that that's i guess that's the end of episode 10 yeah We're thanks again so much now. Thank you so Thank much you. for having me, boys. All right. It's been a blast. Great. Oh, All right. Cool. Ending Have a good night, guys. Have a good night. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.